Thank you for joining us on this episode of Eminent Teachnology with Dr. Rochelle Newton and Drew Stennett, where we examine current and emerging technologies through the lens of diversity and equality. Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome back to a new episode of Eminent Teachnology with Dr. Rochelle Newton and Drew Stennett. Today, we're going to talk about a fun topic, which is Bitcoin, everybody's favorite fake money thing. I mean, I guess it's not fake money. I, I guess all money is fake, right? <laughs> who, who knows what money is? But the new popular one, or the most popular, I guess, over the last decade or so is uh, Bitcoin. And for those that aren't super close to technology, Bitcoin falls under the cryptocurrency umbrella, uh, which is, I mean, it's really sort of like math as currency, which I find sort of interesting. Uh, Bitcoins are, and I'm just going to jump into a little bit about like what a Bitcoin is, if that's cool. Rochelle, um, Bitcoin is something that computers, I'm going to use the word mine, although it's not like traditional mining because you're not like, you know, digging up diamonds in a, uh, in a cave in Sierra Leone or wherever it's, you're trying to find, uh, random numbers pretty much. Uh, the numbers aren't totally random, but it's a, uh, they're more or less random. So when you are mining for Bitcoin, you're actually using your computer or someone else's computer to do a lot of math. And then eventually you find the piece of math that is a valid Bitcoin, and then you own that Bitcoin. Uh, it all works with a blockchain-based ledger. So that's sort of like what keeps track of the history. Uh, yeah, so I feel like I've already confused myself talking about it. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully our listeners aren't super confused yet, but we're going to try and simplify it and, uh, and bring it down into, uh, into some so normal we, person talk. We believe money exists, all kinds of money, paper money, credit card money, all kinds of money. There's lots of types of money. And, and typically money is nothing more than a tool that allows you to exchange, barter, buy, sell, whatever it is, things that you want. Some of the smart people, like there are so many inevitably out there, came up with this idea of cryptocurrency. And cryptocurrency in the simplest form is just digital or virtual currency. So somebody said, well, can I go and buy Bitcoin? And I remember a while ago, Target used to have a Bitcoin machine out in front of Target. You can go with yeah. your regular credit card and get some Bitcoin. They've yeah. evolved from that a little bit now. They don't, don't specifically adhere to that model. But um, like in, um, what is the country? It's not Panama. It's one of those Philippines, I think it might be the Philippines. A surfer went down there and came up with this idea of changing all their currency to Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. So uh, now this little small poor town is using Bitcoin for everything, right? So, and they're making money on Bitcoin because as the prices, and so we will, we'll get into this a little bit later, but the prices of Bitcoin, Bitcoin started out being relatively real cheap. Like you oh, get yeah. it for, you know, a couple of bucks and you get a Bitcoin or however many you could get. And now you see these prices that seems unreasonable. I had somebody ask me, how can you buy one of something that costs $37,000? And I'm like, well, unless it's the Hope Diamond, I would not be buying it. You know, yeah. so that's yeah. the only one of something I'd be buying that costs that much money. Yeah. You can buy Bitcoin incrementally. Yep. Now, I want to say a warning here. 
you need to understand what you're doing when you're buying this Bitcoin. So it's not like you like, so if you put like you, we start our kids on a savings account and we let them put $5 in the, in their own personal account and it's there and then they go out and take their $5 out. Well, you can still do that in Bitcoin, but what are you going to get back? So remember I said, it's a digital virtual kind of, of currency. So what are you going to go? What are you going to get back? So is Bitcoin going to give you back your American or other country currency back in, yeah. in currency, or are they going to give it back to you in Bitcoin? Yeah. And that's still not clear whether what you get back when you try to trade in your Bitcoin for what you originally paid with it for, for example. Yeah. It's not clear about that. Then the other part is taxing Bitcoin. So Bitcoin is just like real money, right? So you know Uncle Sam and all the <laughs> other Uncle Sams across the world got to get their little slot of it. So, you know, it's like you'll be taxed on it. And um, if you happen to be one of those smart Bitcoiners and you bought it a long time ago, you might be a billionaire, a millionaire or something like that. You're going to be taxed on that just like if you were being taxed on American million dollars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's sort of uh, when you think about buying Bitcoin, like you're really just buying it at a point in time for better or worse. So like today, if you wanted and so they divide it up now, I think by I think they call them like millibitcoins or millibits or something like they've taken a bitcoin and divided it up by like a thousand so like uh, me and you rochelle like we're not gonna be able to go out and buy one full bitcoin at the price it is now uh unless one of us wins the lottery which would be super awesome <laughs> but we can buy these like micro uh, micro bitcoins that's what they're called and it's like a thousand a thousands of a bitcoin so like i could buy a micro bitcoin today for a hundred dollars and tomorrow it's going to be worth either $100 or $5 or $1,000, right? So like I may make a great profit on that Bitcoin or I may make no money. Like it could go down. And if you look at like the price, and this is another like weird thing about finances, all the price, the price just comes from how much are people buying it for, right? Like it's almost like a self-eating, eating snake. It's a, uh, well, you know, people are still selling, people are still buying here's that average price. Like that's what we think it's worth. And the trend for Bitcoin has gone, like it continues to go up, right? It will have uh, peaks and valleys, but if you look at it uh, from further back, it's a straight line, not a straight line, but it always slopes upward, at least so far. Um, So there's a pretty good chance if you buy a Bitcoin today in a year, you're going it will be worth more than what you bought it for. Uh, but like you said, Rochelle, the downside to that is as soon as you convert it to cash money, Uncle Sam wants a cut. <laughs> so the one sort of interesting thing that I like about Bitcoin, um, so the main founder is, is uh, we don't even know who it actually was. It's an alias called Satoshi. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. I remember that too, yep. Yeah. And nobody really knows who he is. But whoever he is, he does have, or she, we don't even know that it's a he, this person has uh, billions of dollars in Bitcoin that has not been withdrawn. So whoever it is, is like super rich now. Uh, but whenever they go to try and like convert that to cash money, then we'll, prob- then we'll likely know who it was, or at least who landed with them. And they're going to have to pay out to Uncle Sam or whoever their, uh, whoever their founding nation is. I had read one interesting uh, sort of a tangent, but when people like try and think about like, who is this like founder of Bitcoin? 
still nobody knows. There's rumors that like the CIA did it because the CIA wanted a way to be able to pay their informants that was untrackable. And I find that interesting. Yeah. Uh, a recent theory came out that it was uh, Linus, Linus Torvalds that made it, which I also found vi- very interesting, uh, especially since a lot of the technology that Bitcoin works off of, like the hashing, uh, all the hashing bits, uh, it's very similar to what Git uses. And Git was another uh, Linus Torvalds project, and they both sort of popped up around the same time. So I'm rooting for Linus as being... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Satoshi Takamoto or whatever or whatever the uh, person's name is but we just never know and we may never know as well like another interesting thing about Bitcoin is it works off of public and private keys and if you lose your private key which is like your Bitcoin wallet those coins are gone like are they can't gone. be recreated we cannot so, so uh, one of the interesting pieces about this is like do we believe Bitcoin is going to you know, like what happened in the Philippines or whatever. It might be Guam. I don't remember where it is, but someplace like that. Do we think that countries will eventually convert their entire currency to Bitcoin? And if so, how does that look in terms of real life things? So you go to the Target get, or Starbucks even to get your, your morning, whatever nastiness you get for Starbucks and, and you pay them in Bitcoin. Like, do you think that will ever be possible or be our, in our future? Uh, yes. So I don't think it'll be Bitcoin, though. So there are multiple cryptocurrencies and right. Bitcoin is like by far the most oh, valuable wow. and the biggest. Yeah. Yeah. The problem with Bitcoin is it has a very like when we say like when I was saying earlier, like you buy it for one hundred dollars today and it'll be worth either five dollars tomorrow or a thousand dollars tomorrow. Like there's a little bit of exaggeration there, but there's not a lot of exaggeration. Right. Right. So that makes it hard for Starbucks to say like, well, is that, you know, that coffee, you said it was disgusting, Rochelle. I'm going to say delicious because oh, you got to love that Starbucks coffee. <laughs> well, Starbucks coffee is just too strong for me. Okay. Uh, I had a heart attack when I was much younger, so I don't drink regular coffee. So I only drink decaf coffee and God knows every time I go there, we can make you an Americana. It's so damn strong. It's almost like in a Cuban espresso. Like, what is that? <laughs> kill me? Oh, That's sorry. true. That's true. I, I digress. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. But like, it's it would be hard for Starbucks to say like, well, did I sell that cup of coffee for a thousand dollars or five dollars, right? Like, so I think, I think we need to find one that's, and it's hard to do. Like, it's hard to make. The, it's hard to stabilize like the price of something like that, right? Especially without government regulation, which there's no government regulation in Bitcoin right now until you convert it into cash. So that's tough. It sort of reminds me of. Uh, I'm not sure when this episode is going to be released, but while we're recording it, uh, yesterday or the day before is when uh, the banks kicked Russia off of the SWIFT payment system. So like SWIFT is this sort of like international, uh, it's almost, it's like a ledger, right? It's like a Bitcoin ledger, but in the real world. And because of all the stuff with Russia and Ukraine Ukraine going on, uh, you know, the big nation said, get Russia off of our payment system and they're just sort of on their own. And that's not something that you could do with a Bitcoin ledger. Like a Bitcoin ledger by design is uh, distributed, right? So there's there's nobody to kick off. It's You would have to kick off like half the internet <laughs> in order to uh, kick someone off of a uh, Bitcoin blockchain. So 
because of that, that makes me think that uh, nation states, especially like US, China and Russia are ever going to adopt uh, a cryptocurrency as their like primary uh, primary currency, just because it's so hard to regulate. And it's hard to regulate by design because a lot of times when you get banks involved, like, you know, some, I won't say nefarious stuff could happen, but also the banks can just like cut you out because of legal or non-legal reasons. And that, uh, that part sucks about banking. El Salvador where it was. And and what I don't understand, what's confusing about what you just said um, is this. So, Citing the town as inspiration, El Salvador President Naib Buluki pushed a law through Congress this month that would make his country the first in the world to adopt cryptocurrency as legal tennis. The law was drafted in part by the CEO of the Bitcoin-based cash application, leaving the U.S. dollar as the country's other official currency. But the question is, how do you go one for one? So what is a single piece of Bitcoin worth to a dollar. So in other words, we have nickels, dimes, pennies, quarters, and all these different kinds of variations of currency. Um, plus you have credit cards. How does that translate to Bitcoin? So is there a dime Bitcoin, you know, or whatever the cryptocurrency is, you know, you, you remember e- e- mm-hmm. Ethereum, you know, they were, oh, yeah. they came out first, you know, they were leading and somehow they fallen back, but, but all of these other people that are out there in this space, so for a country like El Salvador to make Bitcoin its country, country's legal tender, what does that mean? So if, if, if say, the banks in, in El Salvador have all the money in the banks as cryptocurrency and you want to get out $100, how does Bitcoin know how much that $100 is in Bitcoin? Yeah. So you have to think about it a little bit differently, I guess. So if we think of like traditional currency, of we have a dollar and a quarter and a penny, right? Like a dollar, a dollar is a dollar. A quarter is one quarter of a dollar and a penny is one sixtieth of a dollar. If I'm, if I'm saying that right. <laughs> one one hundredth of a dollar. One hundredth of a dollar. <laughs> there we go. I'm going to, I'm going to cut that part out. So nobody thinks that I thought a dollar was 60 cents. That's a, that's a, that's an hour, not a dollar. <laughs> maybe, maybe in Russia it's 60 cents. Yes. Dollars, you know, since their rubles are falling apart. Yes, yes, exactly. But it's really just like fractions, right? And it's sort of the same thing with Bitcoins. There's how much is a Bitcoin going to be? And then there's how much is a thousand, a thousandth of a Bitcoin or a hundredth of a Bitcoin or whatever else. And you can divide it up. I think you can divide it up into like any fraction that you want to. Uh, so you can go into the bank and get a fraction of what that may mean. So if your understanding of a hundred dollars is a hundred one dollar bills, you know, a thousand pennies or ten thousand, whatever it is, mm-hmm. whatever it is, if that's your understanding. So now I'm a cryptocurrency person, I'm going in and I want a hundred dollars because I gotta go pay for something that costs a hundred dollars. So if you want to do that, that's where you would go, and this is where you're gonna have to are you saying a hundred dollars in actual money or a hundred dollars in Bitcoin that you want out? I just need to go pay for something. I, 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 so the company is selling me a self and he wants to charge me a hundred dollars for it. So is he going to take a hundred dollars in Bitcoin or does he want a hundred dollars? Sometimes because see, remember the underlying cash is still the American dollar. So what, what am I? So like in the, so can I just assume it? Like, you know how some of them signs say that we take a American mm-hmm. press or discover 
is it like that? So companies will say, we, we, we accept Bitcoin. Yep. Yep. That's exactly what it would be. And right now, like everything, like you were saying, everything is still based on the dollar, right? Like under the covers, you're going to be paying 50 bucks, whether 50 bucks is, you know, two thousand two thousandths of a Bitcoin or three Bitcoins, it doesn't matter. Like, it's just going to, if everything speaks Bitcoin, you really just like, you take your phone. If your phone has your uh, Bitcoin wallet on there uh, and the Bitcoin wallet is just your private key for your Bitcoin address, uh, you would have an app and you would interact with your sofa vendor and the sofa vendor would say, this is going to be $50, which is 0.2 Bitcoin, send me to 0.2 Bitcoin. So I would bring up my phone, click on my wallet, scan the person's link, and then transfer that fraction of Bitcoin to their account. And then after you know five or 10 minutes when it makes it through uh, the complete ledger, which is the blockchain, then that Bitcoin will be the owners, the new owner and not me anymore. If it is like cash, cash, that's when you would have to go to uh, like a bank or an ATM and say, convert my Bitcoin. Yes. Okay, right. And and that's where you're going to have to make a check to the government as well or risk uh, jail time. (laughs) I I know there are some companies that now allow you to roll your Bitcoin taxes into an IRA and you don't have to Hmm. with it until you retire. Nice. So in other words, if you make, if you have a million dollars worth of Bitcoin, you can roll the amount that is taxable into a, a Bitcoin IRA and then kind of avoid it. I don't know how all that stuff works, but let me ask you this. So I, I went through the app store trying to find where my wallet is because I didn't know. It. So I buy every week, I buy $10 through cash app of Bitcoin. Uh-huh. I have no idea how much I bought today. I don't know where it is. I don't know what it's worth. I don't know anything, but I do. So when I go out here and look, and so there are all these wallets. So there's Coinbase, you know, yep. we've all heard about them, right? And yep. so there's Trust, there is a Cash App, there's Exodus, there are all of these things. So if you were giving a recommendation to a consumer who's listening to us, yep. first, I would hope you would say, go get some education before you go buy anything. So know what you're doing first yep. and yep. understand the relationship between Bitcoin and blockchain because Bitcoin lives on blockchain. So, you know, that's how you keep that immutable, you know, decentralized ledger, you know, so, but to do that, but then what would you tell them? What, what, what should I, what should I get from my wallet? So I would say Coinbase. Uh, Coinbase is a relatively new company, but they handle all of the like popular uh, cryptocurrencies and the, This is probably going to be a controversial opinion, but I'll give the opposite of this as well. When you get a Coinbase account, they actually manage your private key for you. So to make all of Bitcoin work, you need a private key that is the proof of your wallet. And so if you wanted to, you could make your own app that had your own private key and all of that. But you're going to have then you're going to be in charge of keeping your private key secret. And that is hard for most people. So like if I got a, just picked up like a free wallet app that did all of the work without some third party company, which is totally valid. And I think is probably good for some people. Well, what happens when like I lose my phone, my private key is gone. And so is all of my Bitcoin. If I didn't have that backed up somewhere, 
Whereas if you use someone like Coinbase, they'll sort of take care of that for you. And as long as you still have your username and password or whatever sort of authentication you use to sign up with Coinbase, uh, you're going to be good. The downside to using that, and that pretty much makes Coinbase a broker, right? They're going to be sort of like a, while we're getting rid of a bank, we're adding Coinbase in as our sort of like source of trust for our Bitcoin. So if Coinbase ever suffered a breach, that does mean that your wallet can be stolen in that breach. Whereas if you had just kept everything on your phone without using a third party uh, broker like this, you would still be safe. So it's sort of, it's hard, but I think for most people, Coinbase is probably the right choice. And what is Cash App then? And I know we don't have very much time, mm -hmm. but what, what is Cash App? I know it's an app in the app store, but what's the difference between it and Coinbase? Uh, so that's a great question. I'm Googling Cash App right now because I don't know what it is. <laughs> but <laughs> it looks to be something very similar to what uh, Coinbase does. Yeah. So, it... I, what I learned is so my children say, um, you know, if they want money, they'll say Cash App me. And so uh, my one of them downloaded Cash App on my phone. Huh. So, you know, if I'm to send them money, I Cash App it. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I'm, I'm being totally honest. You all can think I'm stupid if you want to. I have no idea. I still to this day don't have no idea what they're talking about. But I, what I can guess is Cash App is an application that allows you to transfer money between people you know. Uh, yeah. like PayPal. PayPal does the same thing. So is it different in that regard or does it? So does Cash App have a privacy key for me because I buy my Bitcoin through them? Yes. From what I can tell, Cash App and Coinbase are in the same, uh, they have the same business model. So like, instead of having to worry about all that cryptography and instead of having to worry about syncing to the blockchain, they're gonna do all that for you. And you're just gonna have like a nice little app that says, you know, what's my username and password? <laughs> Which is, I think like, I, I laugh when I say that, but I think it is like important if we wanna bring things like Bitcoin to the populace uh, and, because most people don't want to have to worry about that technology, right? Like if you just want to buy some stuff with Bitcoin or transfer money to your kids or to your parents, like for the most part, you don't want to have to worry about the technology under that. You just want to be able to do it in a way that's safe. And I think that's what Cash App and, uh, and PayPal and Coinbase all do is just give you this sort of like safe way to do things. And I don't think any of them are technically banks. So they're, none of them are going to be like as safe. They're fintechs. They're fintechs. Right. Yeah. Right. So they don't get quite that level of protection banks do, but you know, it's the, it's the best we've got for now. No FDIC, huh? No insurance right. or any of that stuff. Right. Well, Drew, this is always interesting. I feel like I've learned a lot, but I'm even more confused now. So we're going to visit <laughs> this topic again. Thank you for listening to Eminent Technology. If you like the show, please review, subscribe, and recommend us to your friends and family. We'd love to hear feedback from you as well. You can email us at eminentteachnology at gmail.com. See y'all soon.